So you can rise as he is risen. It'll all, it'll all work out together. So we're going to keep moving along here. There are some seats up front, you know, in the chairs that I spit on when I speak. So if, if you don't mind a little spittle, then I don't know why nobody ever sits there. Just, they're the last ones to fill up. But there are seats here and here and here and here. And they're scattered around now, so hopefully you'll find somewhere to sit. Um, so I'm going to talk about Jesus. That's what we always do. And uh, this is a great day to do that. But before I hop right in, if I don't tell a joke, I'll get comments later. I always tell bad jokes. These are particularly bad. I picked them out on purpose. And uh, I was thinking this week, it's how quickly Easter has come. It seems to, with everything going on, just really sort of came up real quick. Because it seems to me like it was just St. Patrick's Day. And I was thinking of St. Patrick's Day, and I have a comment that Irish line dancers have superior form, hands down. <laughs> Nothing? Then I had an idea for a chain of uh, steakhouses with an Elvis Presley theme. Uh, it would be for people who love meat tender. Love me tender. No? Yes? No? Okay. Here we go. Scripture reading here on purpose. John 20, beginning in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other uh started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head, and the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, well, why are you crying? Well, they've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this... She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm convinced that um, we all sort of know how hard life can be at times and how heartbreaking things can be. I, I think if you Lived here particularly over the last six months. You've experienced a lot of that. But, but what I don't know is if we really know enough about the message of Easter. And that's the message that we really need. And it's the one that can take hold of you and change you forever. And I think 
Mary Magdalene sort of captures the heart of the message, and, and you might even call it the shortest sermon ever, when she said, I have seen the Lord. And that's point number one in your notes. I have seen the Lord. Verse 18, she went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And, and that's so powerful, and, and I want to say, really, if you can get that, you, you, you're going to know what you need to know about Easter if you can catch Mary's message at its heart. Now, on that very first Easter morning, we know that Mary's heart was, was broken. Verse 11, Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and, and she wept. And, and so her heart was, was broken. Her dreams were shattered. All of the disciples didn't understand what was going on as, as Jesus had been crucified in, 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 in Mary's sight, and, and he was dead. And what did this mean to her? And what did this mean to everything that she'd been dreaming about and all the things that she thought that was going on? And, and so that's the state of mind that she's in there outside the tomb. And Jesus is there. And in verse 15, he says, he says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Now, this is one of three places in the Gospels where the risen Christ appears and is not at first recognized. And, and why that's significant is that, is that um, I, I think that sometimes we can get so caught up in the ordinary events of life and in the hard things of life and in things not going the way that we want, that we can miss the risen Son as well, just as Mary did there for a moment. And I would say that the truth is that that we have missed him again and again in our lives. The miracle of what took place at Easter, right there in front of our eyes, and perhaps we might miss him. And so Mary at first doesn't know what's going on, and then something changes. And that's point number two, is that Mary hears his voice. Verse 16, Jesus says to her, Mary. And when he calls out her name, she knows it's Jesus. And all of a sudden, it just everything that needs to happen for her happens. Jesus calls her name, and, and Easter happens for Mary because Mary saw that Jesus was alive. I have seen the Lord. See, and that's what Easter proclaims. Jesus is alive. Christ is risen and ruling. And you can trust in the goodness of God. And this is the most amazing news of, of Easter, the good news, the gospel. And whether you have 60 days left or 60 years left to live, you need to know this. Jesus is Lord. Christ is living, risen. And He is alive. And He's inviting all of us into that life with Him. Last week I shared a scripture with you in Revelation 3.20. I want to share it again. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. See, Mary hears the voice of the Lord. She, in effect, opens the door to the invitation. Jesus is knocking and he's calling your name today. He wants you to open the door and invite him in. Now, what's he inviting us to and what's going on and, and really what happened? What's the good news? What's the gospel? Let me read you these verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 6. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, 
that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Now, that message, that passage has the good news that you need to hear and respond to in order to understand the invitation that Jesus is giving us. And, and you need to know that the story of the resurrection, the, it's a reality. It's an event that took place. It's not a fable. It's not a myth. It's not a, a kid's story. It's an actuality. And that there were hundreds of eyewitnesses to this event. And that even as Paul wrote about the resurrection some 30 years after it happened, he says there's still hundreds of them living. You can go and ask them. They have seen that Jesus is alive just like Mary did. And, and the gospel, what happens is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He defeated death and rose again. Why? Here's what happens. God is perfect and holy. And He created us to be in relationship with Him forever. But all of us have chosen to go our own way at some point. That's what sin is. We've done our own thing. Our sin separated us in that relationship from perfect God. And we can't get back in our own strength. So you can't get back to perfect in your own strength. You can be a good person on hope that you are, but never perfect. So God makes a way. That's the story of Easter. God comes, fully God, fully man. Jesus enters the scene. We celebrate that at Christmas. And then he lives a perfect, sinless life that we couldn't. And then he willingly goes to the cross on our behalf where he exchanges his life for ours, where his blood covers our sin. He dies. He's buried. Then he defeats death and he rises again. And when he does that, he makes a way for us to be reconciled to God that God can see us in the perfection of His Son. And our part in all of that is just to receive that good news in faith and to respond to it. It's Him knocking at the door, making a way. Open the door to me. I have made a way. Come and let's have a relationship that goes on forever. We respond to that invitation because He's made a way to make Him Lord and Savior. Now, I want to do this before we head back into music. We're heading back there in a minute. I want to give you an opportunity today to actually open that door. So in just a moment, not yet, I will have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. And when I do that, it'll just be for a minute. We're fine. And I'll ask you if you will open the door and respond to Jesus. And when I do that, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. Not, not now, but in a moment. And, and that'll be between me and you. And, and, uh, and then we're going to lead you in a simple prayer. I'm not going to call attention to you or anything. Uh, and, and we're going to head in that direction together. Open the door and invite him in. He's calling your name today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? And, and if you can say, you know what, today's my day. Jesus is calling my name. I want to open the door. I want to let him in. I want to start my life with him forever. If that's you today, would you just slip your hand in the air so I can see? I see your hands coming up all over the room. Yeah. Thanks, God. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray a simple prayer. Why don't everybody pray this prayer together because families do these things together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. You don't have to repeat it. Father, I pray for all those who responded today, who opened the door, that you say to them, welcome home. Let a party in heaven begins and the angels rejoice as we come into relationship with Him forever. And just as the angels rejoice, let's us rejoice together in song. Uh, we're going to sing a few more songs and celebrate the risen Lord. And remember at the end, you have a